Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Sweden. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national file and pick the song we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote on your favourites and at a live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Hello, Monty. Hello. And yes, uh, the, the end of the series. This is <gasps> the end of the series. Well, the final selection, yeah. Yes. Never this is the day that Ooh. the vote opens. Yes. It's... Be poised, dear listener. <laughs> be poised. It's open now, in fact. But don't do it. Listen to the episode first. But um, yeah, you can vote now. You can indeed. You can vote on the 14 songs. But we still have one song to confirm what it is. And that is going to be revealed by today's episode, which is Sweden. Mm. Looking back at the Melody Festivalen. So the Swedish selection was, of course, Melody Festivalen. Took place over six Saturdays from the 4th of February until the 11th of March. We were back on tour with six cities visited for the heats, the semi-final and the final. We were in Göteborg or Gothenburg for the first heat, Linköping for the second, Lidköping for the third, Malmö, where we'll be going for Eurovision next year for the fourth heat. The semi-final was in Unschuldsvik and the final, of course, was in Stockholm in the enormous, cavernous <laughs> Friends Arena. It is huge, isn't it, that arena? Oh, it's too big, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Melody Festival is a big show with Eurovision fans, but I think that arena is a little bit big for it. Yeah. So, four heats, two songs directly qualified from each one, and two to the semi-final from each of the four heats. Then the semi-final, four of the eight songs joined the final, and... All of the shows were hosted by Farah Abadi and Jesper Rundahl. Not sure they were the best hosts this year, I must admit. I don't know, I quite liked her. I quite, yeah, she was quite, a bit of a yeah. knob. I well, said it. <laughs> <laughs> there, you said it. Uh, no, I quite like her. I think she, she had a good rapport with the artist. She was, yeah, I liked it. Yes, yeah. I mean, they did a good job of filling that time that uh, Lorraine had a stage invader. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did a good job there where they reset everything. Lorraine would have just been able to carry on, just let them sit there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a complicated voting system in Sweden. They've made it more complex than I think it needs to be. It's changed slightly as well in recent years. So now the top song in each heat qualifies. So we know which is the song that's won the heat, whereas we didn't used to know that. We just used to know the top two. Once that's qualified, the voting opens again, and then we get the points read out for the six, so we know exactly where they all finish. And that's also something we didn't used to get in Melody Festival until all of the shows are over. So it's read out in eight sets of votes. There are seven age brackets broken down on the app, which count for seven-eighths of the vote. And then the final one is the televote, which isn't broken down by age, it's just... 
Do the vote. Still use the phone and don't use an app. (laughs) Um, The um, top of those remaining six songs qualifies. The second and third place of the remaining six goes to the semi-final. And then the other three are gone for good. Once we get to the final, it's international juries who make up half the vote. So there's eight international jury groups and they all vote and give their points, 12, 10, 8, etc. Then the lines open again. Then the seven age groups of the app plus the televote are all combined into one vote. So we get a big vote that is eight times the size of each jury group. So we get a 50-50 split in the end of the Swedish public via the app and televoting and the international jury groups. Almost like on San Remo level of confusion. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit too much now. I think, yeah, just... I think, is it advertisers? They get audience segmentation and data? It's, it's always... Data. They'll get a lot of data mm. in that, absolutely. So in the final, Lorene... Hugo was, of course, the winner of Melody Festival and spoiler. <laughs> um, Lorene got seven twelves from the International Jury Group and Croatia only gave her eight. So she almost got a perfect score from the Jury Groups. And then she also got seven twelves in the public voting. So she got them from the Televote and across six of the seven age categories. But she didn't get it from the three to nine age category. Voters aged from three years old <laughs> to nine years old voted via the app, and that category was won by Tails. And Lorena only got one point. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's surprising. I mean, of course, you know, because you know she's you know she's my she's a year younger than me, I think. Um, so she's not young, but you know. There was still something there, but Tails is that's not unsurprising. Cause... Absolutely. We'll come to Tails as we go through, but yes. Just one thing to say on the voting as well. We um we knew one of the jury spokespeople, and they'd been on this podcast giving the Australian votes. Oh yeah. It was Dale from <laughs> Aussie Vision. I was looking at Monty thinking like, who are you? I totally forgot. Yeah, Dale, yeah. yes. Delivered the results. Yeah, like Whatever time it was, five o'clock in the morning. Oh, bless Australian you. Time, bless you, Dale. In his little tuxedo. Oh, it was so sweet to see you on. Sweet. And very professional. Absolutely. Done it. It was great. Yep. Yeah. Slick. Hadn't yeah. said a word about it as well. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the father of us got off <laughs> asked to do it. <laughs> We'd be a bit loose lipped, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that the. The voting in Melody Festival and the Swedish public are, they're harsh. They're savage. They, they dumped out some very popular Melody Festival and stars and even some former Eurovision entries. Mm. It, before it, not, it didn't even get them to the um, semi final or they dumped them out at the semi final. So we had Victoria, who's been a fan favorite. Her song didn't get through. Ava and Ava, the two wallopers. From a couple of years ago. Fuming about that. I mean, they didn't get through. Lulu Lamotte, one of the mamas, uh, she didn't get through. Um, in the semi-final, Victor Kroner didn't get through. Less worried about that, yeah. yeah. Marietta Nordman had to go through the semi-final. And also, writer of several Eurovision entries, unceremoniously jumped, dumped out at her uh, heat stage, Laurel Barker. Yeah. Yeah, gone. Well... 
Yeah, I mean, we know people that know her. People that listen to this podcast know her, and uh, so that's, I wouldn't say too much, but of all the songs that she's written, I'm surprised she chose that one to take on herself. But there we are. There we are. Yes, I think she's done some much better songs. And also better for her as well, potentially. absolutely. But moving on, we of course know that Lorraine was the winner of Melody Festival and the winner of Eurovision. Mm -hmm. Tattoo qualified second in the semi-final behind Finland with 135 points, but won the final with 583 points. Now, of course, controversially, Lorraine didn't win the televote in Eurovision. She had 243 points behind Finland, who had 376. 133 points difference. It's quite mm. a big stretch. But of course, she stormed the jury vote. 340 points, 163 points ahead of Israel, who was second in the jury vote with 177. But of course, she didn't get any 12s in the televote mm. at all. Yeah, this is a discussion point, isn't it? And I do think it's hard to say, well, there's a problem that needs solving. Because I think it's right to say, like we said this on this podcast, you know, it's right to say that, you know, the winner of Eurovision has to get 12s from the public. You just have to because it, it just makes sense. But then equally, you know, you need to give some weight into juries because they know what they're talking about. So it's hard. I mean... I think this is a particular year, very weird, specific set of results that have led to this outcome. So I don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater, but I do think there is something to be said about widening the juries and making it more people have less say. Yes, of course, it remains to be seen whether there's going to be any change from the reference group. But I agree with you about not knee-jerking just because of one result. Um, and although I was absolutely Team Caria and Finland in the final, now the dust settled a bit, I actually do think that Lorena is probably a more enduring winner of Eurovision. Yeah, agreed. I think it's the better song. I mean, I, you know, I, I was Team Lorene, but I think... You know, Carnival was a great song. It was a crowd pleaser. It's the sort of people you want at Eurovision because it's got that quirk, but it's actually, there's something kind of really cool behind it. And he's selling out crowds to this day at the moment. So he's made a career. Maybe he'll return. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, still the right song won, I think. And right song won Eurovision. And if you're asking me, the right song obviously won Melfest because, you know, proof is in the pudding. Hello. <laughs> and I'll be part of that sellout crowd in London in a couple of weeks' time when I see him in October. Mm. Very much looking forward to that. Could bring the house down. Absolutely. So, did the right song win, Matt? Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's difficult to say that the wrong song won um, when it went on to win Eurovision, but it wasn't the song I wanted to win Euro- win Melody Festival. No. Interesting that. But also, I will say this, there's a song, we're going to talk about it, obviously. There's a song that I think any other year, but if it wasn't the year of Lorene, uh, probably would have won, and I think would have done well at Eurovision as well. Ooh. It did feel a little bit, as soon as Lorene was announcing the lineup. I'm a huge expectation, obviously, and of course you need to hear the song, but it did feel a little bit like, we're better off. <laughs> and anybody why? who was announced along the, in that selection probably knew this wasn't going to be there yet. Yeah, it's almost like, why is she coming back? There must be a decent song. And that has, you know, born true. 
So, what else was in the Melody Festival and Final that may or may not have been better than Lorraine? Let's find out. The first song is by Jon Hendrik Fjellgren with Ark North featuring Adam Woods. And it's called Where You Are, Brackets, Savijan. Matt, a lot going on in the makeup of this group. What did you think of the song? Yeah, I mean, at least in the naming of this group, there isn't times or multiply each other. It's just, it's commas, which is the correct grammar um, <laughs> in a list form. Uh, okay. Um, I adore, absolutely adore uh, Jean Henrik's 2019 entry, Norsken. It makes me cry with just sheer existential happiness. It's something tribal, something about it just gets me spiritually. Loved it. Where are you? Less so. <laughs> um, it's kind of, I've got to be honest, it's kind of cheap for me. And I'm all for fusion and bringing together different voices, cultures, sounds and music. But there's a way to that's fireworks in the background, in case you can hear that. <laughs> yeah, we're not being shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a way to do that fusion. You know, Hello Kano. Um, and there's a way that just feels like this, which is held together with gaffer tape. It just doesn't feel right. This is sort of futuristic staging. It's very incongruous. And if you strip it all back, I feel like there's not that much there to the song. Ugh, I'm just not a fan. It's just... The song just doesn't work for me, I'm sorry. We all know Jon Hildrick Felgrain, if you've been watching Melfest for a few years now. He was in in 2015, 2017, 2019, as you mentioned, and again this year. Um, and his entries have finished second, third, fourth and fourth. So he's there or thereabouts in this. Who we might not be aware of is the people he's with here. Ark North is a producer. Uh, the internet tells me he's had a string of singles since the mid-2010s, but only this one has charted. Um, and Adam Christopher Alskog, or Adam Woods, is a Swedish singer. Uh, he was accompanying them on this. We know much more about him. Um, so it's bringing together like a producer and a singer, and it feels as though it's bringing together different genres. I mean, I think what John Henrik Felgren's music has always been is a little bit of fusion. It's bringing that Sammy Yoik mm. into blending with pop and blending with other sort of themes of music. And that's what's carrying on here. So it's bringing that similar kind of fusion of styles. But this does feel a bit bolted on. It feels a bit deliberately put together. Um, there's, in the lyrics, there's a lyric about a northern, a northern light, a shooting star. And I don't know, it feels like they're kind of shoehorning in those kind of very northern Swedish Arctic references mm. a little bit just so that Jon Hendrik fits in with this um, 
There are snowy landscapes. There's reindeer. He's in his kind of Arctic cloak that gets shrugged off to reveal something a little bit more kind of space agey underneath. And it's got that, you know, sort of, it's like fluorescent tubular like structures behind the stage. And they're all on the stage and they're all in little places. Jon Hemmerer comes to the front, does a little dance, and a woman comes on and does a little dance, and he then he goes back up onto the plane. Just doesn't feel as though it's got the authenticity of some of his earlier work, even though they're because of the fusion of the styles that maybe was less authentic in itself. But this feels, it does feel cobbled together, I think, which is a shame because now that some time has passed since Melfast, I can appreciate it for what it is rather than wish it was something else. Yes. Fair point. I do feel like it's very much if the team behind Doctor Who were to stage a number, it just felt like it's just a hair's breadth away from some Cybertron man walking on going, hello, sim- <laughs> simple country folk. You know, I just, it feels completely not not for me. Yeah, I like it, but I like it now with the passage of time. So number two then is Tales with Mare Avdi. Monty Tails returns. Pretty good track. Yeah, he was in last year and um, he came seventh with a song called Somme de Ville uh, last year. And now he was fifth with Mer Avdi, which coincidentally, trivia fans, is the same placing as both of these singles got to in the Swedish charts. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he's a, a young, a very young Swedish singer and actor. Um, and this is an absolute jaunty little pop song. It's about being in the sort of the first flush of, of love or lust. Um, you know, and he's wanting to have more of you, he's saying in the lyrics, until the night is over. Saucy things. <laughs> There's six male dancers here with him. It's a very energetic performance. Um, I can see why this was a hit. It didn't qualify from its heat, first thing. It had to go through the semi-final. But in the final, I think, it, well, it came fifth. So, you know, that's a really good climb. It's very infectious. Yeah, I love the energy. Look, Teo's last entry uh, last year was, for me, it was meh. It was like, you know, bit of fluff, whatever, well sung in my book. When he was announced... I was a bit like, oh, okay, where are we going with this? Is it more of the same? But I was too quick to judge because this is a very catchy pop song. And, you know, yes, it's very much in its lane of a, you know, cutesy boy pop. Um, it's really good. It's a really great song. And I, yeah, it's not necessarily for me. You know, I'm not the audience for Tales. You know, they are going for the younger vote. But a good song is a good song. doesn't matter who's singing it. And I think this grew on me 
even more as the weeks of Melfest went through. And I think actually that's not surprising that it maybe had a little bit of a jump in the final because I think it is a grower. I have to say, this year of Melfest was the year of the twink. The, all the great songs seemingly came from the, the younger lads. And, you know, well done, Tails, because this this makes me happy. It's a great performed... It just performed the fuck out of it. And it was just surprised and humble because this is a very good pop track. Performance is hard. Uh, as we saw on the last episode with one of the Romanian songs where one of the performers, it didn't look as though he'd ever been near a stage in his life. Sometimes you get on stage and you just can't pull it off. And Tails can. He's got charm, he's got charisma, he's got performance ability. And that is not something which comes naturally to everybody. It's a really hard thing to do. Well, I think it is a natural thing. I think it can't be taught. Well, yes. I, yeah, that's that's exactly, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It come, if you've got it, you've got it. Yeah. Um, I like this as well. It's enhanced for me because it's in Swedish. If this was in English, I'm not sure it would appeal to me as much as a pop track. Um, but because it's in Swedish, there's something about the sound of the language in it that I really like. And that's a sound which I'm only familiar with from listening to Belfast over the years. I'd like more Swedish in the Swedish national selection. I understand completely why they go for English. It's far more universal. But I love these songs that pop up that are either Swedish pop or Swedish rap that have, you know, Swedish language in there. I love it. The next song is by Marcus and Martinus, and it's called Air. So Nat, Marcus and Martinus are Norwegian twins and twinks. <laughs> and uh, they've, um, yeah, they're moonlighting from Norway over in the Swedish Melody Festival. They've, they're quite well known. Yes. Certainly in Norway. They've had a number of hits. They've had three number one albums in Norway. Um, and they've, you know, they were also in the, the junior MGP in Norway, but in 2012 when they were age 10, and that was not a time when Norway was taking part in Junior Eurovision, although they had a, a Junior Melody Grand Prix competition domestically. Um, so they didn't get to go to Junior. Norway participated in Junior, but only for the first three years of it, they've not participated since. Um, so yeah, we've got these two young lads pitching up in Sweden doing, well, I think, a belter of a track. What do you think? Yeah, no, agreed. I think, you know, I think they did have some sort of fame from a TV show as well. I, 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 I vaguely remember someone telling that's in my head, that's not my, my research notes. This is the one for me that any other year I think would have won Melfest uh, if it wasn't for Lorene. And it was a guaranteed top five at Eurovision. I I think it's a great track. And again, like I don't I don't really go for these younger Twinkie guys. Um I, sometimes it feels like I don't believe what they're telling me, but this year 
the boys pulled it out of the bag and these guys followed that trend absolutely it's all the stagecraft tricks that you can imagine they pull it out for this one you know you've got all the light shows and the and the they move around the stage and the light it's, it's every trick in the book is is done and they're just very very good at what they're doing i think atmospheric songs and this is an atmospheric song work really well on the bigger stage it's just a rule of music. It's just something that just works. And a stage like Melfest could easily swallow up any unsuspecting twinkage like Marcus and Martinus. But they have presence. They know you said what you just said about Teos. They have that as well. They know how to be on stage and perform to an audience and a camera at the same time. That is a massive amount of talent. I can't do that. I can't even imagine where you start. And they're young guys, you know, very, very impressed. High quality song. I've played this a lot this year. I would be astonished if I don't see these boys back again at Millfest. Astonished. They've got to come back. Oh, I would absolutely think they'll be back after such success. They were second overall. And this, for me, is the one that I would have preferred to go to Eurovision than Lorraine. Just looks great on screen. I mean, it's it's quite simple, quite standard effects, but they're used to really, really good um, effect together. There's a dry ice effect, but I think it's actually on the screen behind them, so there's not this lingering dry ice when you don't want it. Clever. As we saw with Lorraine in one of the performances. <laughs> um, it's... Um, you know, there's, there's a laser effect. There's almost this like laser, like a teepee, like a sort of conical um, cage around them. It, it looks fantastic on stage. And all the while, you've got this upbeat dance. And the theme's upbeat as well. I mean, lyrically, it's a very well-trodden trope yeah. of, you know, sort of, you know, the the energy you get and the feeling you get of being with somebody. There's a there's a higher and fire rhyming in there. I was expecting a desire. <laughs> I guess the whole song is really about desire. Um but it's it's nice lyrics. It's um you know as long as we've got each other, uh when I'm with you now I need no air. Take my breath away now. I don't care. I can breathe without air. It's just it's lovely. It's really lovely upbeat positive lyrics and yeah, I think this was potentially a Eurovision winning song as well, had it got there. Mm. Song number four then is Tona Sekelius with Rhythm of My Show. It's the rhythm of my show, I'm dancing in solo. My body, my body, feeling like I am a vendor. It's the rhythm of my show, I'm teaching my tingle. Monty, we've seen a bit of growth from Tony here. Thoughts? Yeah, it was second time lucky for Tony. Well, lucky in the sense of getting to the final, but unfortunately, once she got there, she was last. Yeah. In the lineup, which was a bit of a shame. But I think this is an artist that returned from last year and made a huge impact last year. She broke new ground, obviously, by being the first uh, openly trans competitor uh, in Melfest. And I think people really took to her. Um, this year, she came back and there was a bit of a glow up in terms of the performance, I thought. This has got a Latin flavour. 
I think it's building on that kind of Chanel impact again. Um, there's lots of things that we see in lots of Eurovision staging. There's red colours, there's flames behind it. There's a silhouette, there's strutting. Uh, loads of Eurovision references. I mean, I can see elements of Fuego in there. I can see elements of Slow-Mo. I can see elements of She Got Me by Lugani. So there's something in the presentation that is playing to the familiarity. Um, and it feels instantly like a song that you know. Um, maybe because there is, we've heard it several times before, this kind of genre. I think it lost the connection she had with the audience from last year because her song My Way felt very personal. It was that kind of triumph over adversity. It was that finding yourself. And there are elements of that in here as well. Um, she opens the song by saying, it's been a minute, but I've got to say, I've been loving and appreciating me. Uh, all I ever wanted was to love myself. And now I know that I slay. So it's it's self-affirming. And that's a nice thing to see. But it doesn't feel as self-affirming as my way was for her last year. I do have to point out a line, which did make me howl. <laughs> I didn't realise it until I was looking up the lyrics for the prep for the podcast. And uh, she sings, it's the rhythm of my show. I'm dancing in solo. My body, my body, feeling like I am a Van Gogh. <laughs> That's lovely, though. Yeah, but I just, the shoehorning in of, you know, one of the great masters <laughs> of art. Who isn't even Spanish, in a Spanish standard <laughs> song. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's seeing herself as a masterpiece. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that that's very much what it is. If my way, the song from last year was her announcing her arrival and sort of planting that stake in the ground, that flag in the ground, as her territory, um, then Rhythm of My Show is her owning her sexuality and her body, actually, which, for obvious reasons, for trans people, is a, is a significant step, is a significant thing. So, um, you know, this sort of butterfly taking flight now is... I love this. I love this. She didn't... Yeah, she didn't do great in terms of points. Fine. But I think that's largely down to the fact that it's a mock Spanish-sounding song. It has been done before, many times before, and better. But Turner being part of the show, once again, just sort of adds something different to Melfest and continues her story. And I'm here to to witness it, and I like it. I'm really, really happy. Shame about the result, but another really good show for Tony Stichelius. Yes, absolutely. I love that she's there. I love that the representation's there. I love that, you know, she was backed very well by the Swedish public. She was the second in her heat after Jon Hendrik Felgren, who, of course, is a very well-established artist at Belfast. Um, so, you know, people were backing her. It, the, the backing fell away in the final, given the the songs that she was up against, but I love that she was there. I just wish that the song was a little bit more authentically her than what comes across more predominantly is the presentation of it and the style of that kind of mock Latin. You've really got to look at the lyrics to see that it's more aligned with the story of her. I don't think that's the thing that comes through as strongly with this as it did with My Way. And so the fifth song that we have for you from Melfest is by Kiana, and it's called Where Did You Go? 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 
So, Matt, in terms of age eligibility, Kiara's just scraping in here. She was 16 on the day of the Belfast final, but actually she was two days short of her 16th birthday when this fourth heat went out. Wow. This is a young performer, but my gosh, she gave us something on the stage. That is so impressive. At age 16, I could barely tie my own bloody shoelaces, let alone perform on this high level that Kiana does. I and you it. need your shoelaces tied to do that choreography that she's doing. It's a high leg kick. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm always happy with a pop dance track with a female vocalist that just belts it out. That is my lane. I love it. It is a little bit repetitive. I do think that. And I think, you know, once you've got the bones of it, you kind of know what's coming. It kind of just carries on in the same sort of cue. But look, she's the kind of performer that whatever you throw at her, you kind of feel like she'll take it on. You know that she can do it. She's a solid, solid performer. The staging is simple. I think it's got like what I would call like club, club in back gliding. Um, the dancers have this massive glow stick. It's more like a glow like stick stick, you know, like a glow bow, as it were. And they're sort of playing around with this. And it just sort of works. Everything sort of works. I think, you know, I, I've not been to clubs where there's someone that's as young as her, but then, you know, I'm old. What would I know? Sixth place feels about right, I think, for a song that doesn't have sort of an emotional connection. It's just, just very, very impressive, the vocals, and it's a big sound. It's a solid entry this year that in any other national final would be a front runner. It's fun. And that's what I get from this. This is the kind of song that I hear this. I'm going, I want to get up and dance to this. I don't care that it's not deep. I don't care that it's not sentimental or moving or intellectual. It's fun. And it, I want to get up and join her when she's doing that. The dancers are great. It is more, it's like, almost like fluorescent kitchen strip lights and mm. intensive <laughs> do this formation behind it. Um, it's just great. It, it really built for me because again, this is a song that didn't, get through to the final direct. It had to come through the semi-final, but it's finished sixth in the final. So it's, you know, finished ahead of the songs that did go through directly. Um, and again, it's that momentum that builds with something. This is fun when you first hear it, but then when you hear it two or three times, it's really infectious and you just want to get up and, uh, and go for it. I think we're going to see more of her. You know, she's such a young performer, the very start of her professional career. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what she could bring. So there we are then. There's our songs. And actually, that's all the songs for this year, for Second Cherry 2023. Wow, we got there in the end. You uh, have heard the Swedish Cherry. You just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you've also heard the Swedish Cherry, but you've heard the winner of Second Cherry. And you you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we don't know what that really is. No. But before all that, there is this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So it's our section of the show where we like to bring some positivity, something nice that's happening in the fandom at the moment, and, well, indulge us a moment, dear <laughs> listener. Because the thing that's making us happy this week is... It's Second Cherry this weekend! Bring it. I'm ah. ready. Well, we're not ready, but we're ready. We are just a few days away from <laughs> the final of Second Cherry. We know some of the episodes have been a little bit delayed this summer because, you know, stuff. And here we are. So, the vote is going to open 
It's open now. You can go online. The link will be on our social media and you can vote. But we are excited because we are going to get to do Second Cherry Live <sighs> this Friday at Eurofest at the RVT and after us, Taya and Selena from Austria Ooh. will be performing. Love it. I'm, I'm so happy. I was a little bit worried the art, the artist that Eurofest might announce. I was like, please be good. Because that year that we had Kano was just, the whole evening was just crazy. And I just wanted a fan favourite. And we've got one. From, it's about as good <laughs> as it gets. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be incredible. The, the, you know, I've said this before in the podcast. When artists come to the RVT and they don't realise how a loud it is because it's a small venue and it's just screaming gays and gaggle of you know women uh screaming and um yeah i just think it's going to be a great atmosphere and yeah we're going to make a show of it and the gays are screaming more than the women yeah of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) so there you go you can go online and vote on our website now so matt we need to tell them what the Swedish cherry is so that they have the full set of songs for their voting. Yes, indeed. And it's not unsurprising, really, that, that Marcus and Martinus with Air is the Swedish cherry this year. There we go. Marcus and Martinus Air. So I thought that was good enough to win Eurovision. Let's see if it's good enough to win Second Cherry or if you prefer other songs because you have 14 crackers to choose from. And the voting is open. So do your stuff, please, dear listener. Please, please vote. Do do it quickly because, as we said, the lines will only be open (laughs) until Thursday... The 12th of October at 11pm UK time, 12 midnight Central European time. And if you're listening from any other part of the world, soz. Work it out. (laughs) (laughs) 11 UK, 12 Central Europe. Go on timeanddate.com and then you can work out things like that. Or just vote now and then you don't have to worry about the deadline. Do it well before the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. I've got ADHD, and uh, that's I. I, <laughs> I struggle with these things, so uh, I'll be doing it. Well, I don't vote, but you know, if I did, I'd be doing it now because I know I never would. Five years of doing this podcast with you, and I didn't know that about you. Explains such a lot. I, I, well, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm not diagnosed. I just know I've got ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still get in touch. Let us know what you think. Twitter or X at Second Cherry. Instagram second underscore cherry and Facebook second cherry podcast. Or you can email us at hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Let us know your thoughts and vote, vote, vote. Clap, 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 clap. The 20. 
23 series is almost at a close, Matt. It is. Yes. We're done. We've got the final to come. We've got the final to come. We are. We'll, of course, be back with you. So bear with us because it's a lot to put on this show. So we will be putting out socials. Uh, we will be releasing the final episode. We don't know when at the moment, but we will bring it the absolute earliest convenience uh, after <laughs> we are, you know, recovering from the show. Yeah. Get on a vote. And we look forward to seeing what your favourites are. See you on the other side. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.